This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, just another Tuesday here at Atlanta Inquirer covering Illinois athletics. And uh, bad news last night with Illinois falling to Marquette, 67-66. Derek Piper and I chatted all about that. But uh, before I left the hotel here in Milwaukee, and you can see I'm in the hotel lobby here, had to get out here with Joey Wagner to talk about the latest news, which is uh, not, a, not a good one for Illinois football, and that's Brett Bielma tested positive for COVID. He will miss the Iowa game. George McDonald, the wide receivers coach and the assistant head coach, uh, will take over as the head coach for the Iowa game. No other news yet on if there's more positives. Doesn't sound like Illinois will announce whether there will be more. So once Joey and I get to Iowa City on Saturday, that'll be our job is to find out who's available and who is not. Illinois will not announce whether they are they are positive or not. But uh, we are not talking to players today. Hopefully later in the week we get to talk with McDonald. Hopefully we get to talk with Bioma via Zoom. But Joey, you and I, when we got, I think it was email Monday morning, right? That the the media availability it might have been Sunday night, but I believe it was Monday morning. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Do you remember which one it was? Yeah, it was Sunday night. Sunday you know, night. They, usually how it works to, to peel back the curtain a little bit is they send out, hey, here's the, the time, and it never changes, right? But this it always times it looks a little bit different. Uh, it looked a little bit different when Lovey, when Hardy Nickerson was relieved of his duties, however you want to put that. It looked different then, and it looked different now when it said. You know, it's all going to be on Zoom. So at that point, I think you and I were both kind of like, uh, well, what's up here? And we smelled it, something, right? Like something was different. And and then Brett Bioma said yesterday, we're precautionary. Wrestling had obviously had to cancel a meet, uh, withdraw from a meet. But it did send up our antennas. And, and now we find out why. Yeah. And I, I think we, we knew something smelled fishy. And I, I will say there was part of me that believed like, OK, with wrestling, maybe the athletic department as a whole is going to dial this back a little bit here just to to be cautious. But you guys talked to basketball players in person yesterday and volleyball media availability was in person. So at that point, you and I were both kind of like this. This feels different. Like w- what is going to happen between now and then? And you turn out it's it's Brett Bielma positive and he's been vaccinated. He's got his booster shot. He said in a statement he's experiencing mild symptoms. I mean, you hope the guy feels okay, right? Like, I think we lose so much of that because our job is to understand what it means for the week, for the game. But still don't feel good, right? And this thing is, has not been kind to people. So you hope he feels okay and those symptoms remain mild and less. But Yeah, can, can I bring that up? Can I bring that up? Sure. Sorry to interrupt, Absolutely, Joey. But, yeah. um, best wishes to Brett Bielema uh, and his family. And I hope, you know, obviously Brett's been around people, uh, recruiting wise. Uh, and, and that's probably how he, he got this. And it's just, uh, I thought Josh Whitman hit it on the head in his statement. It's just a reminder that we are still in a pandemic and, and I'm sitting here in this hotel and it's, it's kind of a weird spot, right? You and I are both vaccinated. 
I think you and I are both comfortable being around each other. Um, we're at a bar in Minneapolis and we're, we're willing to get back into society a little bit, but there's also, we know the risks that we can still get it, but we feel protected because we're vaccinated. We're a little bit younger. Right. Um, but we still have to be careful. Like my, my son had a scare last week. I'm willing to share that. Like, um, he was around somebody at his school who tested positive. So he's been pulled out of school. So it's kind of this weird thing where even though he hasn't tested positive, um, we had to pull him out of school. So we're in this weird spot. Like I showed up with a mask on in this hotel and nobody else is wearing a mask. Well, in Illinois, you have to be wearing, you know what I mean? So it's, it's this weird spot and it's, it's kind of figuring out, is this going to be endemic or is this going to be part of life where people, um, COVID's a big part of our life. Um, but how, how do we kind of get back into that? But in the meantime, um, Brett Bielma tests positive and that means he's got to miss time. And I'm just thankful that he is vaccinated, right? That, that he's got two shots plus a booster. And, um, you know, you wonder if, if he weren't vaccinated, if this could have been worse. So I, I just hope he feels well and he gets back on track and that as few people as possible uh, test positive within the program. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we probably lost some people with the vaccination talk. But zoom back out of it. Listen, dude, like, it's a I, I, I don't mind if we lost those people. I, I don't either, but I understand that there's probably some eye rolls. I get that, whatever. I mean, you and I haven't been very secretive about our vaccination status. Now, to, to get back into it, the team was 100% vaccinated yep. this season. Now, it doesn't sound like that was at the beginning of the season, but I think by about, the, I want to say, third week or so, I mean, it's been some time that the team has been at 100% vaccination so that helps right like that certainly helps there's an indoor mask policy at the university that certainly helps there are a lot of things where if this would have happened a year ago at this time I would have said I don't know what's going to happen if, this, if Illinois is going to make the trip to Iowa City but because of where this team is because of the policies in place I don't believe I mean now it becomes will there be anyone else and, and the university obviously announced Brett Beal is positive I, I think you kind of had to do that, yes. right? I mean, there's no way to not do that. But I'll also say they did announce Brandon Peters and Griffin Moore last year. But my understanding of that was there was like 15 or 16 guys who were caught up in a contact tracing web of that. And, and the point was they got consent from Brandon and from Griffin to put it out there. So it didn't appear that Illinois had some massive 16 person positive testing rate so will that be the case at Iowa will they announce anyone else are there any other players I mean it's it's weird because you don't want to speculate but you have to understand that like there it is a trickle-down effect with this we've seen it for two years now yeah and uh the contact tracing they don't have to do that anymore right because of vaccination because we know more about this virus as well um so you don't have to miss a game as long as you don't test positive for this um so the contact tracing isn't as big of a, of a factor into this anymore but I mean, there, there are some concerns like in the coming days, you wonder, he was out on the recruiting trail with other staffers. Like we know based on tweets that, you know, uh, Pat Emelson, who's the recruiting director of personnel for Illinois was with him. Ryan Walters was with him. So we talked with Ryan Walters yesterday via Zoom. He looked to be in the building at the same place that Tony Peterson was. So it seems to be positive there, but uh, I'm sure... You know, they're probably a little bit more diligent this week with mask wearing moving forward uh, in, inside the buildings. I know it's a policy, but come on, we know uh, people probably aren't as, as diligent about that, especially when you're, you're fully vaccinated. So um, we'll, we'll find out uh, on Saturday. Uh, but, but obviously for, for this uh, Iowa game, Joey, um, George McDonald takes the reins as the acting head coach. And some people might be surprised that why wouldn't Ryan Walters do that or Tony Peterson do that? 
I think it makes all the sense in the world to let those guys do their jobs as coordinators and focus on that. And for George McDonald, who clearly wants to be a head coach someday, um, I'm sure Kevin Kane might take some additional duties with this on the defense as well. But um, those guys can kind of do the overall like timeouts, game situations. They can focus on that while Ryan Walters and, and Tony Peterson can, can focus on game plan, can focus on script, all those things. But this is why it's important to have a plan in place. And Brett Bioma said in his statement, we've had this plan in place that if I tested positive, George would take over. Um, so I think this is an important part of having a good head coach who can still be a head coach throughout the week until Saturday via Zoom. Um, but now George can take over those duties. And you have guys who have some experience, at least, being coordinators uh, who can kind of take over this job during game day. Yeah, I'm with you. I think you don't want to shake up too much, right, with the coordinators, letting them keep their roles. I'm looking right now through some of the game notes. If George is usually on the sideline. I believe he is. Yeah, I believe yeah. he is. And here, here's the distinction I wanted to make. Those. Kevin Kane is not. So that's why I I think both of those guys obviously are are in the roles they're in because they have aspirations to be a head coach and and very real aspirations. But I think, again, how much can you patch this up without being too disruptive, right? And and keeping George on the sidelines, Kevin in the box with the defense up there. I I think all of this is at least disruptive. Now, it's going to be disruptive. I mean, you you can't pretend like it's not going to be, but I think you want to make this as seamless for the guys on the field as you possibly can. And that's why I think George, and obviously when we talk to Brad or George or, or someone will be able to understand a little bit more of how this was all come to be. But as I put the pieces together a little bit, that, that makes sense in my mind. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sorry, I was waving at somebody I met last night at the game. Um, no, yeah, I think, and I think George is a natural fit. I think we've gotten to know him a little bit, Joey, uh, in, in the few instances we've had with him and just the way people talk about him. I uh, talked with a lot of reverence and, and he, he speaks like a head coach, right? Like he, he's, he's got an aura about him. His coordinator run at Syracuse was not very good, right? I think that that's on paper. It wasn't very good, but I think in the head coach CEO role, he's kind of the guy that might not make sense in a coordinator role some places that might not be his his fit but I, I can see him as a head coach because he's got he's got a presence to him that I think he, he can fit this role pretty well yeah absolutely agree that's a good point and he does have this he's a leader it's exactly what he said I mean you buy in you listen to what he says and and I, I think there's so many reasons that this makes sense for him to be in that role and, and we'll see what he does that's an interesting point that you know maybe a coordinator isn't I, the, the best next step, I mean, certainly probably is one, I would think, but like 
You can but just last year, it. last year with Love, you would have made more sense for Rod Smith, right? Because who, who is who is the guy? Who else would have been the guy to to take over? A like Kinoto at that time, like doesn't have coordinator experience, so it would have made sense for Rod Smith to be the acting head coach last year as he was once Love Smith was fired. Didn't make sense for a position coach because there just wasn't a lot of experience, right? Uh, otherwise, on that that team, maybe Mike Bellamy could have been that guy, but uh, he's never been a coordinator either. Yeah. And, uh... I guess to me, if you go back to last year and Lovey was fired, I was wondering who was going to call the defense. I did not expect it to be Jimmy Lindsay. I thought Kinoto would have been yeah. a call there. So, again, I mean, we, we kind of saw this a little bit in a different circumstance. It's the patchwork to make it work for, for one game. And you're thankful, one, that this is only one game we, we expect. I mean, Brett Bielema said in a statement he expects to be back against Northwestern. Obviously, you know, this thing's very fluid, right? I mean, I, I think if that's his expectation, that's probably – he didn't put it out there on accident, I, I would say. But, you know, you always want to see what happens as you get closer to that. Uh, but, but this really feels kind of natural, right? And, and it's just not him testing positive, but in the way that they've structured how this is going to flow down the line here. And, and will it work? Obviously, now you got a question going into a pretty big game on Saturday, right? Like, this is a, a good Iowa team. I know that they're, they're not – you know, what they were a month ago when they were the number two team in the country. But, like, this is a tough test, and, and it matters because you got to win this thing out to to go to a bowl game, and I still can't believe we're talking about that. But now you're doing it with another another variable in the mix here, right? Yeah, and I think – I hate to say it's like I'm eager to see this because I don't want to see Brett Bielma out with COVID. But it will be a really interesting test of how how well he's prepared his staff for this. Right. And like how good of a head coach he really is if his team can respond and his coaches are this good that they can have them ready and coalesce. And, and we'll see how they come together uh, without their head coach who, um, you know, Brett Bielema during game day, Joey, it's a, it, it feels a lot different than some coaches we've seen in the past where it's like kind of lets his coaches coach. And he is really focused on game situation, timeouts like um and I think he's been a pretty good game manager outside of some fourth down calls that we can differ with. Uh, but I think he's got control of a game. Um, I, I think he's a really important presence on that sideline, just kind of being the CEO. I think he's a really good CEO of a program. Now, how do you run without that guy? Like, how does your number two step up? How does the, you know, the next guy in line step up? So I'm really eager to see how the team responds, but based on how Bielma runs his program, I, I think they'll be prepared but it's a really tough test, right? On the road without your, your leader, Brett Bielema there, who can kind of be a stabilizing force for everybody, including his coaching staff. Yeah, I think Brett does a really good job of knowing when to interject himself with the players, if that makes sense. I mean, we saw when Brandon got hurt, Brandon Peters, against um, Nebraska in week zero. If you look down, and it's one of just a very kind of a small moment, you saw Brett pull Art Sikowski to the side and, and kind of have a message for him. And that's not like unique to Brett Bielema, right? But I think we understand that he he kind of knows when it's time to put himself in a conversation and to kind of be that reassuring voice or, or otherwise, right? I mean, when he needs to maybe get on somebody a little bit, which we've seen him do, I, I just think that's going to be interesting is, you know, over the last 11 months, has he kind of reinforced some of that into George McDonald and understanding when is the time to get in there and really put your fingerprints on it and when is not, but this is, this really is kind of shaping up for us, you know, beyond Brett's health is like the storyline of this, right? Like this has a lot of potential to really be like a, 
where is this program at 11 months in when, when things are pretty freaking messy a, a little bit, right? Your head coach isn't there. Like if they walk out of Iowa city with a win, you're thinking like, Whoa, like that. Things are kind huge of kudos to Brett Bielema, right? That's exactly right. And, and a loss really probably isn't the other way. Yeah. I mean, if it all came off, if it came off the wheels and like it's 35 to three or something like sure. that, maybe we're sitting there go, oh, Brett Bielema is very, very important. But I, I think he'd get credit, um, you know, if, if his team is able to find a win. I, I think that says a lot about his ability to have an eye for coaching talent um, and, and to prepare them uh, for these moments. And I think that's probably what Brett's going through right now is, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of figuring out, you know, what I need to do to prepare my guys, my my players, my coaches uh, for this moment. So going to be very interesting, Joey, to, to see how they respond. And I, I give them a chance, right? Like, I, I think there's some confidence in this staff. Like, if you think of this situation last year, right. with a very unproven staff, and to be honest with you, guys that had questionable resumes for some of those jobs, this is where when you get Kevin Kane, you get George McDonald, like these guys are really important to – to kind of have that background where they, they might not be as rattled in this moment. That's exactly right. We knew this staff was good. Well, we thought, you know, just on paper, the staff was good. The resume backed that up. See it here a little bit now, right? Let, let's see what's, uh, how this all works together in real time. And I, I think now for, for me, I start to go back through all the statements, the quotes, the, the, the questions that have been answered from these guys about how they all bond and mesh together. And, and because I think you have to have that, right? Like you can't have, and I don't think you're going to have this, but like, it'd, it'd be different if there were seeds of distrust there, right? Where it's like, what is George doing? Oh my God, Brett wouldn't have done this. Or I don't expect that to be the case because at least for the last 11 months, we've gotten a sense. They all, they all like each other, right? Yeah. And, and they all believe in each other and they believe in each other's credentials to do this. And, and I think respect. that really Right. I think there's a lot of respect for each other too. And, and that's not always the case on coaching staffs. I can tell you that Like, There's a lot of respect. Um, and Ryan Walters made the point of there's not a lot of egos, which is impressive. I mean, we may have mentioned Andy Boo having someone like him, who I think is a calming, stabilizing force, a guy uh, who's been in the business for a while. Um, I think it's a big game for Tony Peterson too, uh, to, to give your defense a chance here. And, this is a game, Joey, where I expect – it's weird. I expect Illinois to go into Iowa City and compete. That, that's not – I'm not going to – I'll probably predict a win just because of the George Costanza thing in me at this point of the season. Just just go with the opposite of you feel. I mean, Iowa should be probably a 7- to 10-point uh, favorite. And they're 12-point favorites right now. Um, they're the better team, obviously. They're 8-2 and two this season. Um, but I expect Illinois to compete, and I think that says a lot about – this team is they've been competitive in every game except for Wisconsin. And I don't think Iowa is as good as Wisconsin. I, I just don't think defensively they're quite as good and Wisconsin offensively starting to roll and, and Iowa starting to really struggle here. So they got their backup quarterback in Alex, but is a little bit more athletic than Spencer Petrus. Um, but the rest of it, they're not a team that's going to blow you away. I, I don't think, I mean, they're strong defensively. They're good on the offensive line. Tyler Linderbaum is, maybe one of the best players Illinois is going to play this entire season outside of George Karloftis and David Bell. Um, so he's, he's a handful, but the way Illinois is playing defense, that they should give themselves uh, a chance to win this game. It's, can you score enough points? Uh, that, that continues to be the question. And the defense allowed 14 points to be enough at Minnesota and 20 points and nine overtimes to be enough. So Ryan Walters, I think will give this team and his crew, I should say, uh, will give this team a, a chance, I think in Iowa city. 
Quickly, I would like to say Virginia would like a word in the conversation of teams Illinois was uncompetitive against because that was not a competitive game. Seems so long ago, right? It does. But that really was kind of the turning point in some capacity, a little bit. I know Wisconsin happened after that, but it's also important, Jeremy, to remember Brett Bielema is neither an offensive nor defensive play caller. And I think that, again, when you look at this and this one-week stopgap of not having your head coach, you have to address – how many things are going to be altered or shaken up by this. And because he doesn't call either one of those sides of the ball, that certainly helps. And at least at this point, you want to make it through, right? You want to make it through without a 35 to three or 63, nothing implosion here. Right. And I think because of all of those things, it makes it a, the path a little more manageable. It's not easy, but I think if Brett called one of the sides of the ball, now you've got to have a new acting head coach and a new acting play caller then that changes the equation a little bit and the calculus is off. So that matters too. Uh, But to your point, this is a beatable Iowa team. Like I wouldn't have believed that when they were ranked number two in the country and that defense was just eating people alive, but they've kind of come back a little bit down to earth from that moment. And offensively, they don't really wow you. Stop me if you've heard that in the Champaign area before, but but the offenses probably aren't going to wow you in this game. This is a very Ryan Walters you know, hey. You know. Well, and you think of you think of their style of play, the teams they've beaten, right? Penn State, Iowa. Um, they don't have those quarterbacks that go off. It's kind of like the traditional, you know, they're going to run, um, and, and they're not going to hide that. Uh, but the passing game, like Iowa's got a couple of talented wide receivers uh, that that Illinois needs to, the the secondary needs to keep under control and tackle well. But um, you know, the teams that, that scare me are the ones that get out on the perimeter with their quarterbacks and, and make plays. And Illinois struggles to contain that against Rutgers, right? Um, even Nebraska, you know, Adrian Peterson got loose a little bit, or Adrian Martinez got loose a little bit um, and, and got them back into the game. But this is kind of the offense that Illinois succeeded against. It's kind of these traditional Big Ten West uh, offenses. So I think Illinois should have a chance. Like, I, I don't – I wouldn't put money on them, but uh, I, I think they'll have – a chance in this game based on what we've seen and that the staff I think is capable of handling this situation. Yeah. I think that's all really, really fair. And that's a good point. Stop me. If you've heard Brett Bielema have his teams ready, even virtually against big 10 West style teams. Right. And it's a ranked opponent on the road. At this point, we gotta, we gotta think Illinois is going to have a chance, even though I never thought they would against Penn state or, or Minnesota, but they've done it. You know, I'll let people know, like, as we talked about and we saw the the artist formerly known as the media availability schedule this week, like, we had talked, like, okay, let's try to figure out this whole ranked on the road business here. And that has been thrown off a little bit as much as we think until we get a schedule. But, like, isn't that kind of crazy that that they do that? And and then, you know, it's, again, we don't understand much about this team. But, man, I I think this really sets up pretty high for a – like a really big statement win if they do this. I, I just keep coming back to like how much stock you could put into going on the road at Iowa, beating them in Iowa City for the first time since 1999. And you have your head coach. It was, it was weird that they didn't play Iowa for like years. Um, so that, weird, that, that streak is weird because Illinois has lost seven straight to Iowa and it goes back to 2008 because they had like six years where they didn't play each other. Uh, but yeah, it's been a long time since they won. That says a lot about Iowa. Also says a lot about uh, uh, Illinois as well during that stretch. But I think even if you just like, I, I hate to do more victories, but if you compete in this game and have a chance to win in the fourth quarter, 
I think, I think that's a real big positive for the program. If you win, man, like you got a chance to come home against Northwestern. I'm sure the Illinois fan in them will say after they lost to Rutgers, right, <laughs> as, as a favorite, they'd be a favorite against Northwestern. And you'd think, oh, that's the game they lose because it's Illinois football. But to set that up with a chance to make a bowl, given where you were at two and five, would be great. But I, I just think if you're looking big picture, if you, if you compete at Iowa and have a chance to win in the fourth quarter, um, I think that says a lot about what Beal was built, um, if they can do that without him on the sideline. Yeah, absolutely. It says a lot about what he's built. It says a lot about his – we've known he, he's had – and Josh mentioned this in the opening presser, and I think in, in his one-on-ones with a lot of us, is Brett's ability to construct a coaching staff what was attractive to Josh Whitman. All right. Like, all right, here, you just extended one guy, uh, and you paid him a buku amount of money to do it. Now let's see with the other guy that the cherry on top really of this coaching uh, hiring session, I, Kevin Kane was also, you know, they're about the same time. It's a really big chance for George McDonald to come in here. And man, that tells me, I mean, I, I don't have any doubts about George McDonald to be honest with you right now, but like, man, if he can, if he can ride this ship into Iowa city and leave there. All right. Now I, I say that, I don't know that I expect it to happen. Right. But like, it's our job to understand what it would mean you know, uh, five days, I don't even know, it's Tuesday, I suppose, five days before this game, is that five, whatever, like, that's a big deal, man, like, and that, it's, you know, Josh wanted, part of Josh's attraction to Brett was the coaching, all right, man, this is a really good, hey, I told you, type of, type of opportunity, will it happen? No, uh-huh. but it's a, you know, it's a we'll talk about it on yeah, and this is why uh, you paid a lot of money to get Kevin Kane and, and George McDonald here, right? $550,000 each of those guys making as, as assistant coaches. Um, uh, this, is, uh, this is a big test of that. All right, Joey, um, what's, what's the next piece of news we're going to get in the next 24 hours? Uh-huh. <laughs> Who knows at this point, right? <laughs> got, a, like... got a contract extension, a, a top 10 <laughs> basketball team loses to a bad team on the road, and, and now we get Brett Bielma. Uh, testing positive, but uh, I hope uh, I hope he's doing well. Hope he recovers well. Hope his family and and the the rest of the Illinois football guys uh, are well because you're concerned that the, the, it could spread. Um, but it's good that the, everybody's vaccinated in there to keep that as minimally minimally uh, as possible. All right, Joey, uh, I'll, I got to hit the road and, and get back. Do you need a spotted cow or anything on the way back? Uh, Moon Man, if you've got it, I'll pick it up in Iowa City. But but really. Um... Your best wishes to Brett and, and hopefully no one else in the coaching staff test positive. And Illinois is going to have have to get through this, right? And, and it sounds like they feel confident in their preparation. Got a, a lot of ball game left till Saturday and obviously a lot that could change between now and then. I don't know if I expect it to, but it was, we'll monitor it and we'll be updated on this all the way through. All right, great stuff. Thank you, Joey. Uh, everybody else, thanks for listening to the Online Inquirer podcast. Keep up with the latest. We'll, uh, whenever we get Illinois football players, I'm sure we should get George McDonald. Hopefully we get uh, Bioma uh, on Zoom at some point uh, during this week. Uh, we'll give you the latest there. Check out Online Inquirer. Thanks for listening to the Online Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcast. Everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. We'll chat to you next time on the Online Inquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 